Welcome back to She Is Becoming. We are a podcast of multi-generational women studying God's Word together, dedicated to being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Go check out our last episodes on deconstruction, feminism, sex, gender, and more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Minnesota Apple. You guys can hear my four-year-old son in the background. Um, But yeah, you can definitely check us out on Google Play and then on the Minnesota Grace Church app and website. I am your co-host, Delaney. I'm here in the studio with my co-host, Bev, and I'm here in the studio with my four-year-old son, Jack. So welcome. Well, it's it's a wonderful thing. He's so cute in his uh, Spider-Man pajamas. I'm I'm glad he can join us. He's he's, not pajamas. Oh, oh, costume. Sorry. Okay, but listen, we are going to record, so you do have to be quiet now, okay? Okay, I love you. Okay, we can get okay. going. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm just so happy to be here and really happy to be able to introduce a guest we have today. Mm-hmm. We have Reagan Kramer in the studio with us this morning, and this is a new episode for She Is Becoming. We are doing a podcast collaboration with Revelations Podcast featuring host Reagan Kramer. Today we're going to be discussing how to love in an angry culture. And we'll be doing a follow-up episode on the Revelations podcast, so make sure you check that out. Reagan and I have been friends for a long time. We have ministered together for many, many years. She is an excellent teacher, a godly woman, an amazing wife and mom. To learn more about Reagan and her podcast, check her out on Instagram. Her Instagram account is at the Revelations podcast, the Revelations dot podcast. Mm -hmm. So at the revelations dot podcast. So welcome to the show, Reagan. We're so happy to have you here. It's so good to see you. Thanks, Bev. Oh, it's great to be here. I love uh, that we're doing this collaboration and I've known you, Bev, for almost 20 years. I, I was know. thinking that. It's been a long time. It's amazing. And mm-hmm. you're not only a good friend, but a mentor. And I get teary just looking in your eyes, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to. I know. <laughs> I she's one so of those much. people where you're like, oh, she's so cute. You just can't help but oh, lose it a little bit. Oh, yeah, oh boy. But, don't believe a word of it. <laughs> no, but you've been a, such a huge voice of truth in my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. This is really special. So God is is going to be glorified today. And Delaney, I've known you for a couple years Mm -hmm. and your son Jax through Bible Study Fellowship. And it's just Mm -hmm. been really sweet to get to know you more. So it's an honor and a privilege to be here. And I just wanted to mention, I do have a new website too. So you could um, find out all, see all of our podcasts Mm -hmm. and watch or listen on the revelationspodcast.com. Yeah. And we can link, we'll link this on our Instagram too, so that people can see it. If you didn't catch that, we'll link it on our Instagram. So go check us out. We're at She's Becoming Podcast. So we'll put all of her stuff on there. Yeah. Sweet. Absolutely. A lot of quality, quality things that are going to really bless you to listen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to get into our topic today because this is a really good one. This is something that we've been praying about and thinking about for a long time. So in in researching this topic today, I found some um, just really interesting tidbits, really interesting things from culture. Like I feel like as a cultural outsider looking in, I feel like, I don't know about you guys, like culture is angry or at least really easily angered, quick to anger. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I read angry comments on Instagram. I'm watching TikTok videos and people are like freaking out at flight attendants on planes or like losing their mind on wait staff, which honestly, personally is like one of my biggest pet peeves are when people are mean to the waiter or waitress. Oh, I literally can't. 
it's my food service background. I yeah, mine oh. too. I was a waitress. I, I know. It's the worst. I even experience my extended family's cold shoulder when I disagree with their viewpoints. Um, some of them are atheists. Um, feminists have really progressive beliefs. And, man, they can't have a conversation. It's instantly anger uh, or instantly, like, I'm not going to talk to you about this at all. So it begs the question, why are people so angry? As any Gen Z person would do, I Googled it. Um, of course you did. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the top of Gen yeah. Z, like yeah. could be a millennial, so I don't really feel like I fit neither, but of course I Googled it. The overwhelming answer to the question was that people are angry because their hopes and dreams aren't actualizing. And health professionals say that anger can lead to depression, hopelessness, suicide in some cases, addiction, ADHD, and a myriad of other things. I started looking up what culture claims as the triggers for anger. Why are people angry? Why do people get angry? And the responses came down to one thing, a loss of control. And as Christians, we know that we aren't in control. We know that our future and our hope is kept in Christ. And our world doesn't have this kind of hope or perspective. So today we're going to be looking at at scripture to discern how do we love an angry culture and how do we love them to Christ? I I love that, Delaney. I love how you just said how do we love an angry culture to Christ? Because mm-hmm. that's the main point. Yeah, the point is not just to love to love. Like we have a purpose behind our love and we want to show them something through our love. So how do we do that? And scripture has so many references to loving God, loving others. And so we're going to look at a few of those um, passages in the Bible that really give us the proper guidance for how to love and how to combat uh, the place we live right now in an angry culture. Mm -hmm. We're going to start in Romans 13, verses 8 through 10. The key verse in this section of Romans is verse 10, and it reads, Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So the question is, when you read that, how does the law and love intersect when we're talking about how to love in an angry culture? Well, in this section in Romans, Paul is speaking about how a Christian should live, how they should relate to the governing authorities, how they should serve, how they should pay what they owe. Governing authorities, how we should respond. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. (laughs) These verses about love start with this theme about love and the law and it reads this way let no debt remain outstanding except the debt to love one another for however for who whoever loves others has fulfilled the law so we have a debt to love because of how god has loved us in sending jesus christ our lord and savior and he demonstrated that love, of course, on the cross. Mm-hmm. So now, as his people, we are called to love. This debt to love will never be completely paid because as long as we live, we are indebted to Christ for his love, which indebts us to love others. So mm. loving others in an angry culture, we have a debt, and we are obligated to pay that debt to love others. Would you say that it's like a command? How would, I would you frame absolutely. that? Mm-hmm. I would say it is a command. Mm-hmm. This can only be done, of course, loving others like yeah. that, uh, by the love of God poured into us mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit, which we receive when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. We are to love other Christians as well as those outside the church, Mm -hmm. especially to love the church and its members. Um, But we are to love others as well. This is to be part of our witness. There's a special family love with the church, like that you're my sister in Christ, you're my brother in Christ. But I think that that's a different kind of love than how we love outside of the church. I don't know that it's that same familial 
language. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you would you would know more than me. But no, I agree with that. Okay, I agree with that a hundred percent. And it, in places in the Bible where we're commanded to love, it does talk about specifically loving the church. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, the idea here is if we love others with God's love flowing through us, we will not sin against them. So Paul lists a whole list here of mm-hmm. of sins. He said, uh, if we really are loving them, we will not commit adultery against them. We will not murder, steal, covet. If we are loving others with God's love in us. So indeed, we fulfill the law as we love others. Um, now, this is not situational ethics where it's just love, you know, yeah. no accountability to the moral law. That's not the point. The point is, as we love uh, with God's love through us, we fulfill that law. We wouldn't sin against our neighbor. Exactly. Right. It's a good guide of like how to love. It's that whole like if you truly love somebody, you will treat them in a way that's going to honor them, that's going to like look honor out God. for their mm-hmm. best interest. Right. Mm-hmm. That whole right. thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And those commands are, you know, the the commands of how to love others in in the Old Testament as well. So Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And of course, you know his response, to love God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. He also said in John 13, I give you a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Real, a lot of emphasis there on loving one another. Yeah. Now, truly, the hardest of all commands, isn't it? We cannot love without his help and love right. in us. Mm-hmm. This kind of loving others is going to be a bold witness to whom we belong. We yeah. win them by our love. Yeah. We, we exalt and magnify and show who Christ is as we love. Jesus told a parable about a good Samaritan that tells us who our neighbor is. It's a stranger. It's a friend. Um, and how we are to love. We're to love sacrificially. I went through a period in my life where I couldn't love my parents. I know that sounds so terrible, mm-hmm. but we had some very serious conflict. Yeah. There's and lots of trauma. Trauma. Mm-hmm. And trauma. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. more than conflict. You're yeah. right, Delaney. Trauma. It was trauma. Mm-hmm. And I had to um, cut the relationship for a while, but then we did come back together and there was reconciliation, but I had a hard time loving them. Yeah. And so I would go into being with them, asking, begging God, love through me. Mm-hmm. And in that process, I began to love them. And that really changed my heart. So when we obey God and when we ask him to love through us, our hearts can be changed toward others. Well, and it just shows you that love is a choice, not an affection that you feel. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I can't wait for my feelings to catch up. Yeah. No you way. you have to choose. <laughs> or you would to never love. do it. Yeah. yeah. Obedience yeah. first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a discipline to it. I remember my mom told me um, something. I don't know. It was something about her and dad and their marriage. And she's like, there are moments where you don't feel mm-hmm. like you like I love him, mm-hmm. but I wake up and I choose to love him. And then yeah, it catches up with me. The affection mm-hmm. does. Right. I right. was even thinking about. Um, so I have been in some not great romantic relationships and the whole like them telling you that they love you, but then how they treat you shows you something different. Absolutely. I don't know Mm -hmm. if any of you relate to that. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. like you just brought up how to love in such a really awesome way, Bev. And part of how you love somebody is through the way that you're treating them and keeping the law, like what you were just saying. Exactly. And we literally cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We can't do it. There's been moments in my life I'm like, Lord, I am so angry or I am so offended or whatever it is. And it's like, will you pour 
the, well, the Holy Spirit pour love onto them yeah. because I, in my flesh, cannot do it. And he does it. His love enables our love, truly. Oh, right? for sure. It's the source. Yeah. Yeah. His love is the source. We can't work it up. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to um, loving the people that are hard to love is where we, we especially need that Holy mm-hmm. Spirit outpouring, like what you were talking about, because it's easy to love people that are easy to love, the yeah. nice people. Yeah, for sure. The great people. For sure. And that brings up a good topic you're going to talk about next, Delaney. Yes, yes. More about how mm-hmm. to treat your angry, quote unquote, maybe we would call them enemy. Um, so we're going to Romans 12, 14 through 21. Honestly, you could probably title this section of scripture as how to treat your enemy and specifically those who persecute you. Certainly not every angry person that we come across is our enemy, although um, I have certainly felt like we are at certain times. I don't know what it is that gets in you when the rage comes in, but you act like people are your enemy. And um, yeah, it's of the flesh for sure. But some people I would say... Um, are if they're enemies of God, then that's a different kind of anger and a different kind of relationship, especially when they're persecuting you. So persecution ranges from, quote, soft marginalization to full-on persecution, and, quote, 75% of the world's Christians live under some forms of religious hostility, end quote. There is a unique connection between angry culture and persecution, whereas the angry culture often turns their animosity into some form of persecution against the Christian. For us in America, that is generally hostility, but in other parts of the world, it is full-on persecution. For the American Christian, sometimes it's easier to love um, the Big C Church while drawing metaphorical lines between our love and the culture that we live in. Um, for Christians in other parts of the world, that's, this metaphorical line is drawn less. Romanian pastor Richard Wormbrand was imprisoned, was imprisoned actually for preaching the gospel, and he suffered countless beatings and abuses. And he said, quote, not all of us are called to die a martyr's death, but all of us are called to have the same spirit of self-sacrifice and love to the very end like the martyrs had. End quote. And this is really the heart of Romans 12, 14 through 15. Sacrificing to bless when persecuted, to rejoice when they rejoice, to weep when the angry culture weeps. It's self-sacrificing to be humble when culture is proud, to not act in spite when they will act in spite, to live in peace when they will still want to fight us, to allow God to repay evil instead of taking it into our own hands, to feed our enemy when they are hungry and to give them drink when they are thirsty, for evil is overcome with the goodness of God. And that's really a summary of Romans 12, 14 um, through 21. But from the life of Christ, we know that sacrifice is the ultimate example of love, which is really practically explained actually in this passage from Romans 12. Recently at a women's conference when the teacher said that we often use the word countercultural to describe the Bible's description of Christian living, but she actually suggested that we use the term otherworldly, which really means, and this is a summary of what she said, that our Christian behavior isn't described in its relationship to the world. Rather, otherworldly more accurately describes the supernatural nature that God gives us in relationship to heaven that we really belong in. And so we can have, you know, otherworldly love for angry culture, um, for our quote unquote enemies and for our persecutors, because God enables this love in us, which is totally what you were just talking about, Bev. 
Um, there was another quote from Richard Wormbrand that described this really beautifully. I thought he said that God will judge us not according to how much we endured, but how much we could love. So ultimately, Christ's good on the cross overcame the greatest evil, thus enabling us to overcome the angry culture with Christ's love. So it's always interesting to hear from people who really like suffered from the faith mm-hmm. that he would really like hone in on this topic of love. Mm-hmm. That's always something that's really powerful to me because I'm like, we don't have the same kind of persecution that he had. Like we can, we can love, like yeah. we don't have the same and he didn't even use it as an excuse. Like, right. So we definitely <laughs> don't have an excuse. No, right? no, it, it is a test mm-hmm. and we're always going to have enemies. We're always going to have some degree of persecution. And, you know, we just have to um, realize that that's part of being in this world. Mm-hmm. It really is. And that we can love through it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we, agree or mm-hmm. embrace their actions um, or, or you know, think that's okay. Right. But we can love through their sin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Delaney, I loved how you said otherworldly because we are supposed to be set apart and mm-hmm. we are supposed to look different. And I think that is a, a powerful word um, when we're definitely dealing with conflict because it's so easy, at least in my life, to just jump into conflict when it's you feel attacked yeah. or you feel like someone is attacking your own character. And when we pause and just think, okay, I, the Holy Spirit's in me. God is in me. I should be set apart and act differently than the world. I think that helps us yeah. <laughs> just take a breath before we react or speak. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost like you're remembering who you are in Christ Absolutely. first. Like mm-hmm. you're remembering who you're defined by and then you're going into the conflict with the angry culture. You yeah. Know? Yeah. We're just succumbing to it. So, and that's what I'm going into now is the ultimate mark of a true Christian. In Romans 12, 9 through 12, Paul talks about genuine love. He, let, he says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. So Paul calls us to genuine love, not love rooted in selfish ambition. And abhor means to hate. We are to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. And I even think about Ephesians 6, our battle is not between flesh and blood, right? And so when we just think if someone, you know, is angry, it's like, okay, what is in control of that person? And, Mm -hmm. um you know, praying the full armor and, and just being aware of that, I think helps not be angry at the person as much and being able to pray for them. Yeah. We forget that people are lost and we see them, I feel like just as an enemy, instead of remembering like, Mm. man, this person does not have Christ in them. And Mm -hmm. we, it's sad when we act the same way that we do, even though we have the spirit of God. Yeah. Compassion. It's called compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's convicting. I was looking up evil on Mark seven talks about what comes out of a person is what defiles him for from within it's all from within out of the heart of man come evil thoughts sexual immorality theft murder adultery coveting wickedness deceit sensuality envy slander pride and foolishness all these evil things come from within and they defile a person so it's really what's going on in uh, the heart of someone and ladies i mean how many times have you've been in conflict conflict with someone and then for me at least and then I start judging them and the Lord's like whoa 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 wait a minute look at the plank in your eye look what you're doing and so 
he sanctifies both parties. Yeah. As we go through this. Well, and it's like that anger. What is that? That anger is usually um, like a manifestation of something deeper going on in someone's heart. Absolutely. Like a a hurt or um, Mm -hmm. a a trigger, like a trigger response. So I feel like that verse is also like giving you some good, a good way to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I always say, learn their story. Yeah. If, If you know their story, you would have a whole different attitude towards them. Yeah. And to realize that there's someone whom Christ died. Amen. Yeah. As vicious and ugly yeah. as they can be, um, look at them through the eyes of Christ. Image bearers. Go on, go on. This is, go on, uh, Reagan. This is just such a powerful verse. Um, okay, so when dealing with conflict or an angry person, we can't be lazy in zeal. We need to be strong and sincere when serving the Lord because that's what he calls us to do. We must keep our spiritual fervor. As we pursue his purposes for our lives, we must keep our spirit on fire for his will. Mm-hmm. We cannot love hard to love people without the Holy Spirit working in us, as we talked about before. But being a living sacrifice, Lord, I, or Bev, I've heard you say that so many times, being a living sacrifice mm-hmm. for the Lord. So putting to death our own wants and desires and flesh and living for him um, and loving people the way he would. Always having hope because of Jesus. Be patient when times are hard and pray continually. None of these things can happen, ladies, I don't think, without prayer. I mean, yeah. we just need to get on our faces and ask God for the wisdom to walk through these things with people. And those are some of the marks of true Christianity. That actually happened to me when I was in high school. There was this boy in my class that I just really, I didn't hate him, but he was super annoying and I did <laughs> not like him at all. And I remember telling my mom that I was like, oh, he's the worst. And I was saying all this garbage about him. And my mom was like, you need to pray for him yeah. because that will change your heart for him. And I was like, okay, you know, begrudgingly was like, sure, I'll pray for this crazy kid. And I did start to pray for him and God did change my heart towards him. And I did not feel that same Mm -hmm. um, irritation. I had a lot more patience and grace after I prayed, started praying for him. So, yeah. You know, what's interesting is when you do do that, Mm -hmm. you know, if you've got someone you, 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 you have, you're angry at, you can't forgive them. But when you do start to pray, it changes your heart. And what's so interesting is it really changes the situation. You've been blaming it all on that person. But in reality, you are part of the problem. Why there is such anger there. And, uh, so that that is eye opening. Yes. I've had that happen to me several times. Where, oops, I guess it wasn't all them. I guess <laughs> I guess I might I have some yeah, sin in yeah, this. Yeah, me for sure. What? But that's a classic uh, truism for um, forgiveness: is yeah. start to pray for them. Yeah, I have a friend that says it's almost impossible to be mad at someone when you're praying for them. And it's true. I was like, that is not true. And then I started doing, I'm like, yeah, that is true. So know their story, pray for them, ask the Holy Spirit for understanding and reconciliation, keeping the unity of the bonds of peace. This is all part of loving and angry culture. And um, I I remember a couple of years ago, I went through a situation where I had a direct, I felt like I had a direct attack on my character from someone I just really loved. And it was one of the hardest times of my life, and I was just spun out for a couple of weeks because I just couldn't wrap my head around what happened. It came out of nowhere. Um, but to remember uh, who I was in Jesus Christ and to truly understand where that person was coming from, it's like you have to do a little digging, too, and mm-hmm. have hard conversations yeah. face-to-face. Like, I love you. Can you share with me what is actually going on? And once we get to know the heart of that person and pray, I mean— in humility. I mean, I had to humble myself because yes, yeah. I felt like I had every right, which I didn't, 
but you know, all of my sin crept yeah. up and it's like, how dare you? But in humble patience waiting on the Lord, he restored the relationship. Yeah. That's beautiful, Reagan. Mm-hmm. Well, it just shows you always like before confronting someone or before like even having that conversation, it's always going before the Lord. What is in me? Yeah. That what am I what am I not mm-hmm. seeing here? Is there something in me? And maybe there's no truth to it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But always asking the Lord that first so that you can come at it like with humility. Amen. Yeah. I, when I've been criticized, I always say, is it true? It might mm-hmm. be true. Is it is there a grain of truth here? Even if it's not true, but there's something there that I need to address. And most often there is. Uh, there really is. It wasn't amen. intentional or I, I, I wouldn't cons- call it that or whatever it is, but uh, always ask yourself uh, when confronted with an angry person, um, where is that truth that mm-hmm. I need to address in myself? Yeah, that's yeah. good. All right. Well, let's move along. Reagan, you mentioned how we need God's wisdom when we're dealing in this angry culture. And James, um, this is one of the books that we're studying here at Women's Bible Study, In James chapter 3, starting in verse 13, it really addresses this idea of having wisdom. Without God's wisdom, we cannot love. If we don't have God's wisdom, we're going to love as the world loves, and that is not even loving. So Mm. let's look at this passage a little bit. I'm going to read a few verses here. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth, kind of what we were talking about, admit where you are wrong. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy, selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But... The wisdom that comes down from heaven is, first of all, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Why are we not reading that at weddings? (sighs) Amen. (laughs) That's that's true. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is a thought. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Mm That would be an excellent one, wouldn't it? That's some, something to really help the couple yeah, remember. Yeah, there we go. If they would even <laughs> we'll remember forget it. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, this passage, really what it does, it's, it's comparing the two kinds of wisdom we can have and the results of each. First is described worldly wisdom. With this wisdom, you will not find yourself loving, but rather a part of the angry culture. This wisdom is called earthly, unspiritual, even demonic. Mm -hmm. So the two kinds of wisdoms are radically different because they come from two different sources. They operate on two different different ways. And we show God's wisdom when we live with humility, Reagan, as you said, and do good works in humility. And the source of that, of course, is from God. Now, he mentions here bitter envy that's harbored and selfish ambition have their source in worldly wisdom. Culture just says promote yourself, compare to others, covet Mm -hmm. what they have, you know, bragging, self-focus, no Mm -hmm. love for others, only for self. It's easy to ignore this worldly wisdom in us because the world affirms it. Yeah. When we see that in us, we just, we just, we're just mm-hmm. like everybody mm-hmm. else, right? So well, we don't address as, it. Well, as soon as stuff or people stop serving you, you cut them off. Yeah. Like there is no bearing right. in love or having wisdom in love or if they're going through a hard time. It's, it's literally when you stop serving me, you're done. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. And that is all about me. That's yeah. worldly wisdom it's can the be lack summed of up. humility. Mm-hmm. It is pride. Yeah, the the ultimate sin. So where you find this worldly wisdom, you will not find love. But rather, Paul says here, you're going to have disorder. 
I guess Paul wasn't the author of James. We're not sure about that. It yeah. would be James, yeah. yeah. Um, James says, you will have disorder and every evil practice. So what's causing the anger in our culture mm-hmm. is this worldly wisdom that mm. is, is no wisdom at all. Worldly wisdom will promote division, hatred, and jealousy. Worldly wisdom wants the glory for themselves. Mm-hmm. So now let's compare uh, how wisdom from above, where God is the source, how it affects us and those around us. First of all, it's described as pure. God is holy, so his wisdom will be holy or whole and pure without sinful motives. See, he's talking a lot here about motives. Yeah. Yeah, because um, motives are very important. The Lord sees the heart and the motives where we can put on a good show for good works, but he sees our motives. Also, wisdom from above is peace-loving. Not peace at any cost, because peace in the midst of an angry, loveless culture. That's the kind of peace we want. We want in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. Heavenly wisdom will seek peace as far as it depends on you. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that's from Hebrews. Tease that Mm -hmm. out. What does that mean? That means that, Mm -hmm. like, I was once in conflict with with an individual, and I did all I could to reach out to make um, Mm -hmm. reconciliation and peace and to talk it out, and this person refused. Gotcha. And would have nothing to do with me. And so I just had to let it go and trust this person to the Lord and move on. It's still yeah. there's still no reconciliation there. But I mean, you did what you could I do. I did everything yeah, I sure. could. I mean, I, I just mm-hmm. I I, mm-hmm. I went to my enemy, I, I tried to talk. So there are circumstances like that where yeah. it's just that person wants war and it's never gonna let up on right. war. And so mm-hmm. That's um, a good point. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Good. heavenly wisdom is considerate. Isn't that a good word yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> in an angry culture? And mm-hmm. submissive. In other words, it thinks about the other person and is willing to submit to God's wisdom. Mm. Heavenly wisdom is full of mercy. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. So as we have received God's mercy in not getting what we deserve, mm-hmm. so we have to love others with mercy as well. Seeing ourselves in need of God's mercy or heavenly wisdom uh, alters our thinking and feelings toward others. It's giving even when you may not be paid back. Yeah. It's giving selflessly. And really, that's been a theme in all of these verses. Yeah, which mean, doesn't mean that love doesn't have boundaries. Like I think that what you brought up before about the heavenly wisdom um, will seek peace as far as it depends on you or, or on them gives you a good example of there's still boundaries in love yes like you can only do what you can do um and it's not like i'm gonna give my of myself for every reason to every single person every yeah, single you don't time become a whipping boy you yeah. know what i mean yeah. i mean there there has to be a dignity and people have to respect mm-hmm. you know each other's personhood right and when that is trampled all over mm-hmm. um then that needs to be addressed yeah for and, sure. and you you can't keep putting yourself in that environment mm-hmm. so anyway so the christian who obeys god's wisdom it says here sows righteousness not sin but peace and not war mm-hmm. so the truth to remember here is this if we want to sum up this passage heavenly truth sows love earthly wisdom sows strife mm. So it, it's a silly little picture, but um, years ago there was a saying like you got the devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other shoulder. Yeah. Earthly wisdom, of course, is the devil and, and the angel is heavenly wisdom. Uh-huh. So where are you getting your wisdom from? What's guiding how you act and how you make your decisions, how you're going to love others and act towards others? Is it social media? Is it Google? Is it friends? Or is it God? Mm. What wisdom are we listening to? How might earthly wisdom be contributing to the angry culture 
instead of contributing to God's glory? Mm. That's a really good question. I was just thinking about the news. <laughs> like just yeah. everything we see and in intake yeah. affects us. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. And you know, you watch a lot of that news where it's a lot of anger news yeah, a lot. towards one side and the other side is banging the other side. Yeah. And, and you, you just, you get caught up in that. For sure. For sure. I, when you said uh, earthly wisdom and then Delaney in the beginning, you were talking about, you know, people are just feeling that they ha- lack control. Yeah. And that's a huge part of this anger. Totally. It struck me. It's like, because we're not living in reality. Yeah. Like that is not reality when we feel like we can be in control of our lives and that we believe what is going on out in the world is true because the only thing that's true is the word of God yeah, and who he is. But it's like out this, la- of course, we're going to be like something in our spirit's going to be off if we're not living in reality. Right. No, that's a, that's a good point that you bring up because, um, earthly wisdom is all about you. It's you centered. It's about what you can do, what you can control, how much you can hustle, how much, like, it's just, it's so self-focused and how, um, otherworldly then would Christianity be if we are actually self-sacrificing and we're like, I will die to myself to love you in this moment. Um, they're they're just two completely different belief systems. And that's, uh, that is such powerful witness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Such powerful witness. The yeah. world is watching. How do we respond to the anger? I'm yeah. watching. I'm going to read some verses on that right now. So James 4, 1 and 2, this is what causes quarrels. What causes <laughs> quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have. You murder. You cover and cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. I meant to say you covet, covet right? and cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel and you do not have because you do not ask. And I think about Proverbs 4.23. I have it in my bathroom. Above, above all else, <laughs> guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. I need to read that, obviously, every single day. Um, so that is what can cause quarrels. And I think when we are in conflict, Adeline, you touched on this before, we tend, we tend to um, go to like, Who's wrong? Who's right? One side versus the other. Who's mm-hmm. the enemy? We go into attack mode in our heart, even if we don't say it out loud. I mean, it's right. just a human, mm-hmm. the human condition. Our soul may feel directly attacked, or we may feel for a loved one who is being attacked as well, um, or spiritually attacked. But we need to ask the Lord to reveal in us what He is trying to teach us to be more like Him, as we persevere in patience. And we talked about that. That does take a ton of humility. Um, but our God is a God of order and peace. And James is writing to the Jewish Christians. So this is like really strong language. And he he means this. And I was praying last night and I was just like, you know, Lord, our time here on earth is so short. We we don't have time to have conflict with people. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as it depends on you, but we need to just like get to the source right away. So if we are having conflict, what does the Bible say to do? The Bible says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. This is Matthew 18, 15 through 17. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So he is talking to Christians 
in this verse, but, um, and this is what you were talking about, Bev, a little bit. It's like, I went directly to that person mm-hmm. and you go through these steps and at some point too, Jesus tells us to wipe the sand off and the dust off our feet. Mm-hmm. If someone is not willing to reconcile. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if someone isn't willing to reconcile, do you, would you guys say in your experience at that point, do you still try to bring in the two or three people if they won't reconcile with you first or how do you usually handle that? Depends on the situation, mm-hmm. how far you take it in this process. Yeah. Um, this wasn't a matter in the church. This was a matter, a personal matter. Sure. And so it, it was handled a little differently, and I didn't want to bring other people in just because uh, I actually I was protecting her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want the circumstances of all this, you know, to broaden. Yeah, and we wouldn't do this to somebody necessarily outside the church, would we? Like we wouldn't, would we, we'd go to them obviously, but. Well, the principles still can apply. It can. Okay. It can. Yeah. Yeah. It can apply, but um, carefully and prayerfully sure. with the Holy Spirit. But in the church, the goal is repentance. Amen. So Absolutely. it does not do a brother, sister in Christ any good to let them continue in sin. Yeah. It's not loving. I was just going to say, so the loving oh, thing sorry. to do. <laughs> Stole your thunder. <laughs> is lovingly, lovingly pointed out and, and so pray that they would repent as James says in this verse, sin brings forth death. I didn't read that one, but um, if we let sin go, it does bring forth death. And hmm. the loving thing to do is we obviously don't want that to ha- a piece of their spirit to die or a yeah. piece of their life or whatever's happening. And so I've had to do this, and it is extremely hard. You know, like going to someone you really love and saying, this is what I see, you know, in humility because I love you. I want you to be healed or I want you know, you to go to the Lord with this. And so, um, but I think it's good that it's hard. We don't want it to be an easy thing to do. Like, it's not like that would not be <laughs> like, that would show something about you, Reagan. If you were like, oh yeah, I can't wait to like, yeah, you know, come and confront this person. Your, your, yeah. Your, your motives. Like it's a that. hard thing and mm-hmm. it should feel hard. Like it should be a thing that we're wrestling with. It shouldn't be just like a flippant thing. Cause so. it's in humility, not pride. Amen. Yeah, for Amen. sure. So when we pray, God purifies our hearts to bring our will in alignment with his. And I think that's some of that wisdom you had with your friend, Bev. Mm-hmm. Um, so God is good. And prayer and supplication brings surrender, strength in the spirit, and peace. And so we can have peace yes. as far as it depends on us. And we pray that the Lord would bring that to ourselves or to that person. Can I um, mention one thing here, with? Reagan, mm-hmm. I think is really important is to wait. Mm. Yeah. Don't respond. Do not react. And it, so often I have pulled myself away mm-hmm. from the situation, got into God's word, really prayed about it, even journaled about it. And it takes me a while to come to the right response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a key truth. Don't press send. Have somebody <laughs> read over right, your right, text right, or your right. your letter or your yes. journal before you're like, here, yeah. I'm angry. So I'm going to pop off. So yeah. damage when we're reacting instead of responding in in the power of the Spirit. I, You've taught me that Beth, yeah. big time. You've said if you don't know, wait, or you don't you know, understand the response or whatever God will be doing. And it is that is so powerful. So thank you for bringing it's that so up. It's so helpful. It's, yeah, but it's not always easy Look how to much do. I've learned from you. She's, she's, a, like she's a wise lady. Half an hour. <laughs> oh, you are so blessed, Delaney. Okay. Oh, I, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, I am. She's great. So just to wrap that up, um, worldly passions can cause great conflict in our spirit and with others. So yeah. we need to um, check ourselves. And sin in others and ourselves needs to be revealed so God can heal. So God can heal that spiritual conflict. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you guys for sharing 
um, just your wisdom. I don't know. I love hearing from both of you. We're like three generations. We are. Two right we now. need your yeah. wisdom too, Delia. Which is you add a great deal. Well, I am. I get the privilege of sitting under some pretty wise people, so mm. that's really awesome. So thank you mm. for sharing. So fun. Um, as we just close up here, um, a few just final thoughts. The way that we love an angry culture is a testimony to who our God is. And I think that that's important to keep in mind as we're engaging with culture, as we're, um, you know, potentially confronting people that we are who we're representing. We are representing God and um, people might not know the Lord. And so what we're reflecting is a really big deal. So um, let's love well and um, let's pray that we can love culture and point love culture to Christ and point them to the gospel in the way that we deal with someone who's angry and in the way that we deal with conflict, yeah, honestly. In our own anger. Honestly. Mm-hmm. How honestly. we deal with our own anger. Yeah. Amen. And what I was just thinking, like the ultimate goal is loving them to Christ, obviously, so they receive Christ. Mm-hmm. So they can do that for someone else. Yeah. It's just a piece in discipleship. And when you love someone in their worst, that's the gospel. Mm-hmm. Christ yes. loved us at our worst in our sin. Yes. And it gave us grace and loved us through it. And, you know, there's, that's powerful. That is a powerful witness in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Not always possible and not always received, but it is a, it is what we're to do. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, Reagan, it was just such a privilege that you were able to come on here and share your wisdom. Again, we are going to link all of her information on our, our Instagram. Her podcast is called Revelations Podcast. And tell them where you can find them. You're on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Spotify everything. We're right? actually on YouTube, so you can watch. Nice. Our, just search uh, Revelations Podcast on YouTube, but uh, Google Podcasts, any anywhere you find your podcasts, you can just search it and uh, look up Regan Kramer or Revelations Podcast. Otherwise, everything is on our website, okay. revelationspodcast.com. And I can't wait to have you guys at the Revelation Studio yeah. as a follow up show to this. We're going to continue to talk about love. We yeah. are. Yeah. Such an important topic. Yeah, we're going to do a part two. So you'll check us out over there. We'll keep you updated on Instagram. But um, yeah, thank you for coming on. Bev, would you just pray to close out? I would love to. Heavenly Father, this is such an important command. It was the, the command that you highlighted was the first and most important when you were asked that we are to love God, we are to love others. And Lord, nothing is more challenging to us. Um, we can say we love you and then we can hate others and be angry. So Father, correct this in us. Would you show us how to respond to each and every angry person or uh, group or whatever it might be, Lord? Help us to respond with the love of Christ in us. We don't want to be doormats, Lord, but we want to represent you well in this world so that we could be a testimony and that many would come to Christ because we are so different from the angry culture. In Christ's name, amen. 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 Well, it was great to be with you, sisters. Join us in two Mondays on She is Becoming.